0: Welcome to Science Radio, a space where we chat about culture, belief, wellness, and current events, all through the lens of faith.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Science Radio. My name's Jesse, I'll be your host today, and I am joined by our ever lovely, ever interesting co host, Zanita. Welcome, Zanita.
0: Hurrah, thank you. It's good to be here.
1: I like that. Hurrah. That's 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 good 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 vibes as the kids still oh, say. Oh, it's such
0: a good introduction.
1: <laughs> How are you today, Zanita?
0: I'm great. The sun is shining and it is warm. I don't really have anything to complain about this morning. I'm feeling like excited that it's Monday.
1: That's great. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad you feel excited. I mean, for all of our listeners, you never know who, when you're going to be listening to this. It might be on a Monday. It, it probably won't be, but I will say I, I am pretty, I'm pretty smashed. Like I'm glad that you have the enthusiasm coming into Monday because I just, oh man, I just did lots of chores on the weekend. You know when mm. like everything comes at once. So mowing the lawn, washing the car, doing a big cleanup yeah. in the house, and I, I, I went through two alarms this morning. <laughs> and I ended up waking Aww. up 15 minutes after my alarm, looking at my clop- clock and having a panic attack. I have to get to work. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and being so, like,
0: no, Monday.
1: I know. Oh. I, I, I did wake up thinking, oh, yeah, I don't have to get up. It's a Sunday. And then that sudden <laughs> realization is just, it's, it can be devastating. But when you're in oh. a line of work such as us, Zanita, coming to work is always a joy. So I'm it's a glad... Joy. I'm glad to be here with you today.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So we are getting to the end of February and it's about this time when the year is starting to kick into gear well and truly. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to sit down and talk about some of the stuff that's in this. Well, I say this month's Science Magazine, but it's really the month of January and February. The months of January and February, for those of you who don't know, have been a bit chaotic for us here at Signs. I know for yourself, Zanita, this last two months has been a month of travel and of sickness and health and all over the place. Do you want to give us a little bit of a, a window into what your window last my two
0: months
1: to your soul?
0: <sighs> to my soul. Yeah, well, the last two months I was working from Tasmania in Victoria. I figured while I can work remotely, I may as well take advantage of that. So that was awesome. But living on the road is a bit more complicated than living at home, just because you've got to think about so many more things. So it was great. I had an awesome time. Tasmania is beautiful, and I feel really lucky that I could do that, but I also had two of my coworkers away, and my computer broke. So there was just like a few problems mixed into that that I had to deal with. And then I got sick, and and now we're here, and now I'm feeling pretty good. But yeah, I'm I'm still like, man, where is January and February gone?
1: I, I, I fully I fully get that. Yeah, I was away for the first couple of weeks of January because I went over to New Zealand and that was great too. So we were both traveling in different parts of the world. And, of course, for those of you who follow our social media, you'll know that our editor, Jared, had a child. Well, his wife had a child, to be fair, at the end of December. And so he was pretty much taking care of his new little boy over the, the month of January. So, my goodness, it has been Good. a time It's funny because when I I first started working here, they all told me, oh, January is just the month where nothing happens. You can kind of recharge and get back into the year, but it's definitely not has felt like that for me. And I'm sure it hasn't felt like that for you either.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of industries, churches, things just write off January. And I used to be like, no, this is like when we're all fired up. Like, this is when we got to do stuff. <laughs> but I just realized that people aren't on board with that. <laughs> like, you're the only one. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's a little yeah. bit. I have to ask as well how has your little van survived? For those of you who don't know, Zanita has a van that she lives in a lot of the time.
0: This van's actually great. I had a previous van that every time I would get in it, I would have to consider do I have time to break down today? (laughs) Because of my experience, like living and traveling in my previous van, I still have this subconscious like mindset of, I could break down today. Like anything could happen. But this van I have now is so trustworthy. (laughs) It's so reliable. Like it's insane. So when I was traveling in Tasmania, like, didn't like have a single problem, didn't come close to any animals, which was awesome. The biggest problem I had was like a tiny leakage, but I just put some tape over it. But
1: oh, um, no worries.
0: Yeah, no worries. I'm actually in a house now. So wow, that's the a, luxury. that's a nice treat to like flail my arms around and stand and have a toilet <laughs> and a sink. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just, yeah, re-experiencing what it's like to live in a home again, which is so lovely.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm glad um, to hear it. Yeah. All this to say, this has been our January, February. Lots more has happened that we don't even have the time to go in to. But I hope that for all of you listening, that you have had a great start to the year. Hopefully, it hasn't been as busy and as hectic as ours. But I'm excited to be back for another year of Science Radio. So... With that being said, what we're going to do is talk a little bit about an article that you wrote, Zanita, for our Jan Feb issue. The article is entitled, I have it with me right now for those of us who are watching the video, Travelling with God, which I think is quite fitting, how we learn and grow on the journey. And so I think it's probably very in theme for us to be talking about traveling, but in a... Slightly different sense. So do you want to tell us a little bit about where the idea for this concept came from? Why traveling? Why was that the thing that you decided to kind of launch this article journey on?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I guess I was thinking about what it actually means to grow in a relationship with God or to get to know him and to get to know ourselves. And I was thinking about relationally when i've learnt the most about people (laughs) and it's usually in those moments when you're like spending a chunk of time with them whether it's traveling or whether it's on like you know you go on school camp and you're with people for like 48 hours and all of a sudden you have new best friends and you have new enemies
1: (laughs) the cracks do tend to start showing at that point
0: even even though it's like two days together it's that's why they have the leadership camps i suppose and these like teamwork camps so that Mm. you Forced to, I don't know, get to know each other and work through things. But yeah, I was thinking about that idea of I've often heard people say, oh, if you want to know if someone is the right person for you, then just book a trip overseas. (laughs) And like, (laughs) you know, you'll see if you really want to marry that person or you'll see if you're really compatible or you'll see how they act under pressure. And so, not that like, not that we're putting God in this environment of getting to know him in this different scenario, but I think looking at traveling in that same way of like spending time with someone and being really intentional about something and also like figuring out how we can learn to understand ourselves. It's just an interesting idea that, yeah, just made me think about that in terms of a relationship with God.
1: You share a little story about a train ride that you took while you were over in India. And I think you said in the article, it went 12 hours longer than you expected
0: it was actually really funny it's one of my favorite memories but the two people i traveled with it's one of their least favorite memories (laughs) but we were basically on this train we hadn't figured out the whole train thing so we just rocked up the station thought we could get a ticket and the only ticket left was in like general seating and it was like a four dollar ticket for like a 20 hour train ride or something like that and so we were like Awesome. That is so cheap. This is going to be great. And so we walk into the last carriage. It was the only carriage that had any seats left and it was just us. And we were like, this is going to be the best train ship because we've just got all of this space to like stretch out, relax, sleep, whatever. And then like a minute before the train leaves we just see people like a flood of people just running <laughs> to the train. And we were like, "No, leave, leave, oh, like no. sure like they're not coming." And next next minute we just crammed. Like I'm talking like four people like eight people on like a four people seat sort of thing. There's like a baby behind me, there's people in the baggage thing. So we were just squished. And it was so intense. Like that was the first stop and so every stop after that it was like people were pushing each other out of the carriage because more people were obviously wanting to get on. And so there was these kind of fights happening and then you couldn't really go to the toilet because if you went to the toilet, you would lose your seat and it was just net. So we were like counting down the hours till we were going to get off this train, which was already a long trip. And then about an hour before we were supposed to get off, we we were like, okay, let's just go to the door. We just need to get up and stand and move. And so we're like, anticipating our stop any minute and then the train just doesn't stop like we see our station just pass by us and we just look at each other like hang on why did they stop (laughs) like and and so we just thought oh well we'll just have to get off at the next stop and then turn back like no one in our carriage could speak English we were saying the name of the city and they still didn't really understand or couldn't respond I guess and then yeah we just assumed that our station would come and like it was hours and hours and hours later and it still didn't come. The train just no. kept on going, which was strange because up until that point, the train had been stopping every like hour, but it mm. just decided like, we're just going to go hard to the end of India, <laughs> 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 to the other side of the country. <laughs> um, and we were like trying to be hopeful. We're like, maybe it'll turn back. Like maybe it's just, I don't know, picking something up and going back to where we want to go. But it just didn't. In the end, we just had to jump off the train walked to the closest station, and then we met these nuns who were just angels, and they gave us all their food that they had brought. They got on a train, like, to our destination, which they weren't even going in our direction. They just got on that train so that they could take us to our destination. Just your guardian angel. 12 hours in the opposite direction. Oh, my (laughs) word. And then they got off the train with us, took us to, like, a hostel, uh, and then they were like, see you later. We're going to go back to the train station and back. So they just sacrificed like, you know, an entire day basically yeah. for us. Probably more than that. And That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So I think in that moment, like we were all reacting differently. Yeah. We yeah. were all like, we should do this. We should do this. This is a bad idea. It should not never come to India. Like, you know, throwing up all these ideas. But we survived and we are all still friends to this day. I, w- <laughs> I was
1: going <laughs> to ask about that because you did mention um, you – walked through Delhi shared what you'd learned about each other the good and the not so good and as we talked I'm quoting you now my friends gracefully showed me where I needed to grow I'm curious what did you learn about your friends and what did you I guess learn about yourself through your friends through through that experience what was that like because I can imagine that part of learning stuff about yourself that maybe you don't that's not a positive that that can be quite a painful experience at times especially when you're thrown into a high pressure situation like that
0: <laughs> yeah i have been on a previous trip where this wasn't really received well and mm. the person who was receiving feedback was like no oh, that's not true about me <laughs> like, uh, and didn't want to <laughs> take that into consideration and it's it's quite interesting because it's like well, that thing still exists in that person like they've never So you do have to be like receptive and you have to actually want to receive that um, and want to, want to grow, I suppose, because you can just ignore that and choose not to listen to something. But I think in terms of, I remember one thing that one person said about me on this trip to India is that they actually said I was like too optimistic (laughs) to the point that they didn't feel like they could actually share what was frustrating for them or what was like on their heart or what was, annoying them or making them sad. They didn't feel like they could share openly their emotions because I would just respond with this like over optimistic. Oh, but look at the bright side. Oh, but, oh, but look at this. Oh, but think of, think of these nuns we met on the train. Like that was awesome. Or, you know, like I would just be extremely optimistic. I I don't think there's anything wrong with being optimistic. I think it's awesome. But I suppose when you're not really hearing what other people are saying or you're not acknowledging like what people are actually going through, then that, that can be kind of hard to, I don't know, just deal with, I suppose. And so I think I had to be a lot more mindful after that of not just responding to everything everyone said or every circumstance with this extreme optimism when that wasn't what they were experiencing or when they just need to be listened to or when they needed something that needed to be acknowledged. So that's something I'm always thinking of because I tend to, I still tend to be a little bit like, oh, look, a knife, we can slice some butter. Like like I, I just, it's just kind of my automatic Functional a lot of the time so that was that was one of the things that i learned yeah. about
1: myself that's that's cool and it's cool that you guys are able to remain friends through throughout all of that that's, <laughs> i that's think great.
0: we had like a a two-week break <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we just like gave each other a bit of space yeah but then after that it was fun <laughs> yeah.
1: so speaking of self-reflection you mentioned a tool called the jahari window in the article that you have found to be helpful in, uh, well, self-reflection, I suppose. For those of us who are not familiar with the Johari window, and I, I'm one of those, I'm not super familiar with it. What is it? And uh, I guess what is what have you found so helpful about it?
0: Mm, the, the Johari window is this cool psychology tool. It, was, it sounds Indian in, on the topic of India. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like an Indian... An Indian thing, Jahari, but it was actually just two guys named Joe and Harry who squished their names together.
1: <laughs> that is so funny. It's um,
0: so a little fun fact for you, but yeah, to illustrate it, it's this four pane window. So in your first pane, you have like the open area and these are the parts of yourself that are known by you, they're known by me, they're known by everybody. So for example, everybody listening to this, including yourself, will now know that I've been to India. It's just a known fact. The second pane is The blind area, and that is things that are not known by yourself, but are known to others. So, for example, for me, that was like my over-optimism being annoying. I didn't know that. I thought that was awesome. (laughs) But (laughs) other people didn't necessarily think that. So that's an example of like our blind areas in terms of the things we don't really know about ourselves, but that you do. The third pain is the hidden area that's opposite to the blind area. So that's things that you know, but that others don't know. So for example, what can I tell you, Jesse? Outside my window right now, I can see a surfboard on top of a building.
1: Wow. None of you know that. I had (laughs) no idea.
0: And then the fourth pane is the unknown area. And that is things that are either known by yourself or by others. That could be things in the future. That could be things that you don't understand yet about yourself or that others don't understand. It could also be things like things that God knows could be potential, could be, yeah, gifts you or others aren't aware of, could be a million things. But I think the Jahari window is really cool because I remember there was someone once in my community and everyone knew something about them. And they were always like, (laughs) why does he do that? This is just like, he's just causing himself problem after problem. And I was like, I don't think this person actually knows like what they're doing or like, I don't think they're aware of this. And I kind of felt like, oh, it's really sad that everyone knows this about them. We're all aware of the mistakes they're making because of their behavior. And it's really sad that we all know this and we're in communion with them. But no one's really saying anything because it's kind of awkward and it's...
1: Wow. So it's plainly obvious to everybody around them except for the one person who probably really should know.
0: Yeah, and who would really benefit by knowing. And of course, like I said before, like they have to be like, receptive to that. Like, if someone is stubborn and doesn't want to grow and, you know, is going to take that the wrong way, then it's harder to approach it, I suppose. But I think when we're, like, especially when we're in community and, like, we're wanting to grow to be maybe more like Jesus in a Christian environment or we are just wanting to grow in our character, if we have these relationships for a reason – then i think it's like awesome to have those people in those like in your life who can gracefully point things out and who can help you like because yeah i just remember finding that so sad <laughs> i was like is anyone going to say something like what are we what are we going to do about this and also what what do people know about me that would benefit me by knowing like because if there's those things then i want to know about them so that I can change and so that I'm not making all these similar mistakes sort of thing. So I think the Johari window is awesome for like a few reasons. I think it can help you become like a lot more compassionate towards people because we all have these blind areas. And so just because we're behaving a certain way or doing a certain thing doesn't mean that we're aware of it and doesn't mean that we're intentionally doing that. And so I think that's, yeah, just cool to remember that we all have blind areas. And also I think it's cool to remember because that means that, Others can see stuff about us and they can help us. And so we can kind of invite people into that journey.
1: There are two things that just sprung to my mind. The first is that level of relationship, which is so rare. You, you talk about in the article, there's a quote here, healthy relationships characterized by trust, vulnerability and growth are one of God's greatest gifts to us. They can be a place of healing and transformation on our journeys. If we want to grow, we need to be open to listening to those who love God and who want the best for us. And as I think of my relationships and as you describe the people like that person who clearly has an issue or, or a problem in some way, shape or form that everybody is painfully aware of and they're not, I just couldn't help of thinking of the people in my life who have gone through a similar situation and how... If somebody had just had the courage to, to say something, maybe that would have changed so much for that person. But at the same time, were we as friends creating an environment where truth could be told in a way that is not going to make somebody just, you know, oh, they just hate me or they're just trying to criticize me or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever insecurity might come to the surface in a moment like that. I, it just, it just kind of strikes me that we need to be better at creating environments of trust and vulnerability where these sorts of truths can be told in a way that is not going to destroy the confidence or the peace of the person who really needs to to hear it. The other thing that I was thinking of was the Jahari window in relation to our relationship with God. Has the Jahari window helped you not just with your relationships with people, but with your relationship with God?
0: Yeah, I think it's just helped me become a bit more aware of yeah my own relationship with God in terms of like, I think we can ask God what areas we need to grow and we can ask him to kind of reveal those things. I think sometimes we can like read the Bible and we can pray and we can not really gain a deeper understanding of ourselves. We can kind of read it with that lens of like this is a book of instructions or this is a book of how to live better and we can't gain insight into ourselves or into God. And so I think looking at the Bible in terms of a bit more like, I don't know, reading the scriptures and asking myself, okay, what is this teaching me about God and what is this teaching me about myself and and asking kind of how I can apply that to my life or examining my life a little bit more? I think it's helped me in that regard, just because I think sometimes we can think that we know everything about ourselves <laughs> or we know ourselves really well, but I'm not sure we really do, to be honest. Like, I think there's a lot that we actually don't know about ourselves. <laughs> and so I think like considering the Johari window and also considering like how we can interact with scripture and prayer in a different way, those things combined can can just help in that journey. Does that make sense?
1: It does, it does, especially in the context of thinking about our relationship with God as a journey, because I think oftentimes we think of our relationship with God as a static thing, something that maybe develops over time, but I Don't think that many of us, I I certainly have fallen into this trap of thinking of my relationship with God as not something that is progressive, but perhaps something that is a little bit more, yeah, stationary. I have often looked back on times in my life where I have grown spiritually and have recognized, oh, okay, God actually took me from one place to another place and that if he hadn't have done that, I would wouldn't have been able to go into a new job or go to the next level, you know, get better in my relationships with my wife or taking on a new opportunity that, you know, I I wasn't prepared for. And in looking back on those opportunities, I can see how God actually journeyed with me. But sometimes I think I and perhaps many of us take it for granted that, you know, maybe God's just sitting here chilling with us because we don't feel like we're moving or progressing. I don't know. Does that resonate at all?
0: Yeah. Can I ask you a question, though?
1: No? Yeah, of course.
0: Can I ask what those moments were for you? Like when in your life have you felt like you've grown the most? Has it been like in isolation? Has it been like fresh out of baptism? Has it been like, you know, they say you learn a lot in your marriage? Like what has what have been those moments in which you found yourself growing with God?
1: The moments that I found myself growing in God have been the moments of inescapable terror of doing something that I really didn't want to do. So I think to get specific, for me, the first big moment was leaving home and going to Avondale to study a university degree. So not just going to a local university near where I was living, but, you know, travelling four hours away from home. I had to live around there and that was a big step. I suppose the next step would have been moving to a whole new country and and taking on a, a responsibility in a role that I felt completely inadequate for marriage is definitely one of those things it's funny because I I associate growth with fear but not in the term not in terms of anxiety and fear of something that I can't control or something that is going to happen to me but fear of about me making a decision that I don't know is the right one, but just stepping into it anyway.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, so there's it's kind an of,
0: element of trust there, I suppose, as well. It like has to, trust to be. And like where it's like, yeah, it's
1: like, it's, it's like stepping out into the unknown, jumping into dark waters that you're not sure where the bottom is and just trusting that God's going to be there and take you through it because there's no guarantees in life. You never know if something's going to work out or if it's not going to work out. You, you, you know, you propose to that, that person and you don't know if they're going to say, yes, you take on a new job and you're not sure if it's going to be the right fit. You move to a whole new country and you don't know if that's going to be, if you're going to be able to handle living in a, in a completely different place. I could have said no to a lot of those opportunities And it does make me wonder what kind of person I might have turned out to be if I had not taken those opportunities, scary as they were at the time.
0: Can I throw a spanner in the works and ask another question?
1: Please, (laughs) Um, please. So
0: Obviously, you know, you've proposed, she said yes, you've moved to Australia, everything is awesome. Had those things not worked out as you wished or as you hoped and you came to Australia, it was awful, you hated it. The person you proposed to said, no, you found yourself soon. Like, do you think you still would have... Have you had any moments, I guess, in your life where you've had to trust and where things haven't gone as planned and you've still found yourself growing? Or if you haven't, how do you think you would respond?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, my life hasn't been a bed of roses. That's not... (laughs) Nobody's life has been. Yes, there have been times that when things have not worked out, there was something that happened in New Zealand while I was there where I was supposed to progress to the next level of my ministry. And for reasons that we don't have to get into now, it just didn't happen. And for about a year, I was quite disappointed and a little bit bitter and a little bit mad at God for, in my mind, preventing me from, you know, doing what many of my classmates had had all done. And then eventually I moved back to Australia and I was able to achieve that in a different way. And as I reflect on an, that experience, and sure, there have been many other experiences, even though, you know, um, the the girl said yes to my proposal. That doesn't mean our marriage has been the perfect marriage. You know, I've messed up. I've made many mistakes, but I have also learned in the process of disappointment and failure and mistake that God has been a constant comfort and a constant presence of reassurance, even when everything else is discomforted and not certain and not positive. And so I recognize that in those circumstances, it's very easy to get mad at God and say, "Hey, why have you not let? Why, why have you let all these bad things happen?" And that, I mean, that's one of the age-old questions, right? Why does God let bad things happen to people? Why is everything not great all the time? And you know, the reality is, God does never promise. He never promises that everything is going to be great all the time. And yet he also promises that he'll be with us and I have felt that even in the even when I felt that nobody else was with me I have felt God's presence and so that has definitely been I think a maturing experience for me and I think the other thing that it that it does for you is it gives you empathy for other people yeah for sure because there have been you know just thinking about classmates of mine who didn't get a job after they got out of uni, you know, or classmates of mine who went on to get a job but they had a horrible experience and they dropped out of pastoral ministry or, you know, something happened to them that, that made them have to do a career change or a relationship breakdown that left them devastated. I think when everything's going great for you all the time, it makes you feel like, well, other people must have problems but not me. But when you go through some of these deep, dark valleys, it gives you empathy for other people and makes you more open to, okay, yeah, hey, somebody else is going through something and I need to give them some grace, to use a biblical term.
0: Mm. I think also it's in those moments when things don't go as planned that you like can't rely on yourself as much. <laughs> and so you're kind of forced to lean into other people and, or you're forced to lean into God more. And I think that can help you grow immensely <laughs> with both with both people. Like I think the moments I've grown the most with people has probably been when I have needed help and when I've like had to kind of bare my soul a little more or like let them in. But, yeah, I think it's the same with God. It's like getting to that point where you actually have to learn to trust and depend on him is where you're
1: going to learn a lot about him. But. I'm I'm aware as well, Zanita, that, you know, there are a lot of different people who listen to this podcast. Some of them are Christians, probably a lot of them are not. So what would you say to somebody who is listening to this and is hearing the experience of two Christians, you know, walking with God and going, oh, yeah, that's great for you, but, like, how do I know that God's even there? What would you say to somebody with that, sort of perspective?
0: Yeah, I think it's really hard. I, I've asked this question a lot even in my journey as a Christian. And I, I think it's one of the things I hear a lot. I do a little bit of work as a life coach. And so I often have people, Christian clients, questioning like, is God even here? Like I just I'm struggling with a relationship with God. I think it's a a little less black and white than we think. I think often we think, oh, uh, you know, if we just read the Bible and pray and go to church, then surely we'll get to know God and surely we'll have that kind of relationship. But I think our relationship with God, just like with people, it's quite like a personal experience. Like we can interact with him. Diff- I've heard someone explain it, as, and I think there's actually a book about it, as like the love languages. Like like we have those with people. We also connect with God in different ways. And so I think like like for me, I really connect with God in nature more than I connect with God through like singing songs. Like that doesn't really – a lot for me but for other people it's like they really connect to God through song and things like that and so I think like just being open to kind of experiment in getting to know God like don't just necessarily do it in the classic way we're told but like explore the different ways that you can so like explore like with prayer explore with reading the Bible explore with nature like explore with you know congregational worship and things like that I think there are non-negotiables in terms of like the Bible because otherwise we can just create all these ideas about God from our head or we can see a tree and say, God is like a tree, <laughs> etc. It's like, you know, we can, we can just make up all these things. But I think the Bible does tell us a lot about the character of God. If we align everything back to that, then we can tell if that's true or false. But, yeah, I think another thing is I've also learnt that When I look out for the good in people, because we are told that we are made in the image of God. And so that means like you, the guy next to next door, the postman, like we all represent God in some way. And so when I look out for the good things in people's character, I'm also kind of reminded, like, oh, that's also like what God is like. And so I think just you look for the good in people and also relate that back to God, and you can because we don't see like god or jesus in human form like he doesn't just knock on our door we can't just go over his house and like hang out with him in physical form but we can see him through every single person in the world and so i think looking out for those characteristics of people can also help with that but yeah i mean there's also things like studying the bible with other people is really helpful I know when I started coming back to church, I had so many yeah. questions about the God. Like sometimes the Bible, when you just pick it up and read it, can be really <laughs> hard times to understand and can be really confusing. And so having people to actually like answer my questions and explain things to me was also really helpful. And so I would start with some of those things like I don't know, reading the Bible, asking for help to read the Bible. Yeah. And and getting yourself like hooked into community would also be what I would suggest
1: and yeah just to add to that not to not that I can you know encapsulate and and do anything better than what you've just shared that's that's a beautiful moment but i will say that in my experience god has spoken through many different avenues not just the the classical ones scripture is is massive as you say but one thing that i think many even christians discount or don't really take much seriously is the fact that God actually speaks through you and me sometimes in ways that we can never expect or predict. And in my life, I know that God has spoken to me through people and they didn't know that it was God speaking through them. But God said something to me at the moment that I needed it in a way that just took me off guard and... I think that that's something that we definitely should be aware of and open to, but not like try to control, but also just to be aware of that. Hey, if we are in a a relationship with God and we're aligning ourselves to his will and we are immersing ourselves in the things of God as as followers of Jesus, you know, then God can actually speak through us. And that's a pretty incredible thing to 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 think about. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think another aspect that we haven't touched on, and this is just something I've been thinking about recently, it's often, I suppose, for those people who are Christians or who have been in the faith a long time, we can talk about our relationship with God, like we're walking with God, except then when people leave, we say like we're walking away from God. And I think like often the time is, I think like people in the church are just as guilty as being extremely busy as those outside. We kind of live the same kind of busy, crazy lives. Um, And a lot of the time it's hard to have a relationship with God because we just don't give it time. Like we just don't give it the time we would with like our partner or our children or our friends. We kind of just cram it in the spaces that are available. And that's often never, except for when we go to church. And so I think a lot of the times I heard someone put it this way is a lot of the times we're just like walking in front of God. Like we're it's ten steps ahead. So kinda of like, you know, when you go with a walk for a walk with a friend and they're like walking really fast and you're kind of lagging behind. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. Oh <laughs>
1: yes. I was a Pathfinder. There was always that person. Oh goodness. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm the guilty person in fact ah. because I I'm, I'm definitely like I'm a fast walker and so I just automatically go into speed walk and but anyway, I have been that person that has been lagging behind. And you feel like disconnected. Like you don't really feel like that person is like there in conversation because they're like racing ahead. They're with you, but they're not really
1: not like, really there. Yeah.
0: And so I think sometimes our walk with God can be similar in that we're just like racing ahead. We're not really present. We're not like maintaining that pace of life where we can have an intimate relationship. Just making time for that relationship like you would plan a night, or like you would meet up with a friend every week and carving out that space to actually get to know someone mm. as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. That's great. Well, I think that's probably a good place to end it for now. I've really enjoyed our time together. Zanita, thank you very much for sharing. And if you want to read the article and many more, you can do so by heading over to scienceofthetimes.org.au where you will be able to see all of our past issues. You can get a digital subscription, a physical subscription, or just read one of our blog posts. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, thank you very much for joining us for another episode of Science Radio. We will see you next time.
0: This episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Signs of the Times magazine. A print subscription is $28 a year or just $14 for a digital subscription. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. This is an Adventist Media Podcast.